Have you ever faced discrimination in your life and found yourself crumpling under the pressure and losing your confidence? Today's guest, Adri Kaiser, is here to share wisdom from her Enlightened Academy method of helping people to really reduce pain and stress and increase productivity and get better health and learn how to have unstoppable confidence to succeed in life and business. Join us for this conversation. Soul Nectar Show, the Soul Nectar Show. You're invited, delighted to discover who you are. Anything is possible if you believe. So join us on this beautiful journey. Soul Nectar Show, Soul Nectar Show. Hello and welcome to another episode of Soul Nectar Show, that show where we talk about all things essence, where we gather around the campfire and we share our stories of connection to that which is bigger than us, to the great mystery, beyond the veil, to why these things happen to us in our lives that then we realize, oh, that's because I was going to go off in this direction and learn about this, that, and the other thing. And uh, I'm your host, Carrie Hummingbird. I love having those conversations and um, inviting guests on to have um a deeper dive into different aspects of the spiritual awakening process because we all experience similar things with different details and sometimes when we hear something through another person's voice it makes more sense so uh, i always learn something from these interviews and i'm really glad that you're here with us today everyone and welcome to the show adri kaiser welcome adri thank you so much for having me carrie i'm so excited to have a conversation with you today and with everybody listening. Yes. Um, I will tell you guys a little bit about Adri. Uh, she's an international holistic wellness expert who has spent the past 16 years helping highly driven men and women get out of their own way, utilize their unique skills, and build unstoppable confidence to succeed in life and business. And she has an enlightened alchemy method that has helped over 4,500 women worldwide achieve everything from reduced pain and stress to increased productivity and better health. And so we're going to talk a little bit about um, all these modalities that she combines, including NLP and yoga and Ayurveda and other things to create this wellness experience. So um, let's uh, talk about your story, Adri. So give us, give us some insights into what in your life was happening that led you to the place where this entire purpose path unfolded. Yes, since I was a little girl, I always wanted to make a difference in people's life. I wanted to be the voice for the voiceless. I wanted to fight for the underdog, uh, probably because I was the underdog. In combined with my mom introducing all these holistic modalities at an early age, she planted the seed as to what I was going to become my purpose in life later on. But the true path started the moment I recognized and realized what chronic pain was and dealing with chronic pain for over a decade. So I know exactly what it is to, to have that type of pain that's constant that interferes with your day-to-day life, with your mood, with your energy levels. And after 10 years of doing all the conventional treatments and only getting temporary results, I realized that in order to heal myself, I had to go within and I had to address the mental and emotional aspects of myself and not just the physical pain. And that's when truly my journey started. 
because the truth is that all of us have experienced some type of pain in our life, pain from heartbreak, loss, failure, disappointment, and even abuse. And what you and I have in common is that we cope with pain the best way we can with the tools we have at any given time. For some people right now listening, for them is turning their food, hoping that food will make them feel better. For some others waking up at two o'clock in the morning, worrying, stressing about things that they can no longer control or change. For me, it meant to push harder, try harder, hold myself to unrealistic standards, trying to prove to myself and all others that I was good enough, all while bearing painful memories and emotions of being abused as a child, being told I wasn't good enough, and overcoming being uh, profound and experience, experiencing racist remarks, being called stupid, ignorant immigrant, even though I have gone to law school for a few years in Venezuela before I moved to the US. So for me, it was my coping mechanism was like, oh, let's shut this down and let's work harder to prove that I am worthy. But all of that, all that pain eventually catches up with you or with all of us affecting our health, our relationships, our finances, and even our businesses. So as a health and wellness expert and coach, I truly believe that holistic mental, physical, and, and emotional wellness is essential for optimum health, balance, and fulfillment. And that's how my enlightened alchemy method was born. That's how my journey of the past 16 years has started by helping people transform their pain, their stress, overwhelm, uh, all that negativity into radiant health, just teaching them the same steps I used to heal myself from the inside out. And that translated to not only better health, but better relationships, a successful career and so much more. Oh, that's so beautiful. I love, um, I love your story and just the way that you're describing uh, these moments that I know that um, I can relate to. And I imagine many people in the audience can as well of these moments of like the waking up in the middle of the night and the stress and the, and the overeating or the, you know, you know that chocolate cake is probably not the best choice right now, but that's what feels good. I myself get into that, uh, that comfort food phase where, you know, I realize it's like trying to um, comfort, but actually it like puts layers on to avoid what, to avoid being like visible, to avoid um, feeling the rawness of life, you know, to avoid that, the experiencing the uncomfortable things. Or to numb the pain. To numb, numb the, the pain. pain, yeah. So um, in your journey, you, you mentioned that you came here and you experienced some discrimination, um, some discrimination in terms of your ethnicity or where, you know, coming into this country and that you, there was a lack of regard for you. I know that um, many people feel this in different ways. And I know that right now is a really big topic in the United States about, um, about racism and systemic racism in this country. And I know that people who are black and brown often feel that way. And on top of that, I know that we experience issues as women. Yes. So like you start adding the layers up of all the things to be stressed out about, there's a lot there to unpack. Absolutely. You know, for the first time, back when I lived in Venezuela, most, I mean, we have people that are blonde and blue eyes and white because we have a lot of influence from Italians and Germans as well. But a lot of people look like me. So I never, I never experienced any racism until I moved to the U.S. And 
and I was, you know, was singled out by the way I looked, by the way I spoke, by my accent, just by simply being an immigrant without even, they judged me by my cover without even knowing that, again, I, had lo I went to law school for a few years, that I speak multiple languages. They just put me in the ignorant, stupid box, even though just because I, I don't speak English perfectly or simply because English is not my mother tongue. So that really caused deep scars that I had to address, you know, like it led me to you know, speaking in public, actually to anybody for months, I became completely silenced. I became, I felt small, belittled, in, inadequate. So all of my fears as a childhood, all this stuff, well, my family, my, that family member that beat me up and called me names, telling me you're not good enough, you're too fat, you're too ugly, you're not smart, all this stuff, you're too much of or not enough of, right? Yeah. All that, all that negative self-talk that was embedded in me and that what I didn't know at the time was a deep root cause of my back pain for over a decade. You see what people don't understand is there are different types of pain. The pain that if you trip and fall or, or that if you hit your body or something, that acute pain that's just simply telling you, hey, something happens, rest, pay attention to this, and it goes away within a few days, within a week or so. But then we have the chronic pain, the chronic pain that's constant, the chronic pain that interferes with your day-to-day -day life, the type of pain that messes up with your mood and everything else, right? So that chronic pain, oftentimes it's been, it's been shown, and it's a book by Louise Hay, How to Heal Your Body, that talks about 90-some percent of the chronic pain, the root cause is emotional and mental. So when I came to the U.S. back in... I don't know, 2000, sorry, 1995 or something like that. Yeah, 1995. Um, I was, I, was the first time that I was exposed to feeling different, feeling less than, feeling just by the way I looked. So when I didn't speak for months, when I felt small, all the negative self-talk that I thought I had overcome from healing and dealing with my past, it came back to the surface. Mm. And it wasn't until my son was about seven years old, the same age I started being, uh, getting abused and et cetera, that I was playing with him and something triggered those memories. And it wasn't until that moment that I recognized all the stuff I had buried because consciously I completely forgot the abuse. It's not something that I lived my life worrying or thinking about or saying, poor me, I wasn't, I was never a victim until that moment when I recognized, oh my gosh, I've been carrying all these years, all this abuse piled on by people telling me I wasn't good enough because of A, B, C, or D, or because I simply didn't fit them all. And in that moment I recognized, and I knew I had the choice. I had the choice to make a change and really address the scenes that were coming up to the surface for me to deal with them so I can heal or simply just continue the life I was living. I knew I didn't want to live the rest of my life taking medication, like I was eating candy just to cope with the pain. I knew I was praying for my back pain to finally be healed. I knew that the pain of not being myself and not fulfilling my life purpose, it was greater than the pain of being judged and criticized. So in that moment, I had that choice and I chose myself. It wasn't easy, but it was necessary. And 
oh my gosh, Gary, I am so grateful that I did that. I am grateful that I experienced chronic pain for over a decade. Do I want it back? No, but I'm grateful because it taught me so much about myself. It taught me how to help others. It forced me to really take health into my hands and to use my biggest pain into my superpower. So then I can show up to the world to be speaking in front of you and to your audience so I can hopefully inspire others and say, it doesn't matter what has happened to you in the past. Right now, you have everything that you can, you know, everything that you need to heal if you make the choice. The resources will show up, the right person will come your way, the right support system, all that stuff. But the mo- doesn't matter. I mean, you can choose in that moment. And that's what I want people to get away from this conversation. It's like you can turn your pain into your superpower and whatever that pain means to you. Yeah, I love that. And and it's it's a turning into the pain and exploring the pain and seeing and understanding why it's there and why how it got accumulated and noticing your patterns, noticing your behaviors and and not from a space of judgment, but from a space of self-compassion, like, oh, I see that I'm overeating right now because I feeling I'm feeling pain and I'm trying to cope with the pain with this. Maybe there's a maybe there's actually something else I could be doing that would like help support the pain in a way that it would dissipate and and shift and move. Um, it's like um, sometimes we don't know. Uh, well, we don't know what we don't know. I mean, we find out as we go along, like you said, like you were just trucking along in your life and you had no idea that all that stuff from your childhood was affecting your every single living moment of your experience until you got the trigger of coming here and having people treat you the way that they were treating you, which is not excusable, I would say. It's not excusable. And I would say that even though that behavior is not excusable, also there's also true that it was an opportunity for you to claim your power back, to see that this was actually a trigger from childhood. Because if those people had said that to you and you didn't have those triggers from childhood and you knew yourself, you'd be like, whatever, dude, there's, have a nice day. You know, it wouldn't have gotten in. Right. Absolutely. Because let's just say people are walking, you know, ticking time bombs, walking around, you know pretty much walking around and we trigger each other all the time. Like I've had experiences where I've had people share with me because I'm very transparent and I share a lot of things um, that are personal and I'll share um, stories and things. And I'm, I'm learning to be more discerning about it. So stick with me people. But sometimes I share things that people are so triggered by and they'll tell me later, they'll say, oh my God, Carrie, when you shared that story about this, that, and the other thing, it was so triggering for me because you were just talking about it like this, but then I had done something similar and I was so judging myself and you were just blase about it or you just said this. And I just, ah, man, we can trigger each other left and right and not even know it. And so I love that you're in this space of recognizing that you could claim your power back from the triggers that happened to you without needing other people to change? You know, a couple of things. The way I want to change the narrative of, about pain, I want to tell people today, pain is your, it's not your enemy. Pain is simply uh, a tool that you can use. It's, think of it as an alarm or like the little light in your car that says, hey, you're low in gas, you need to change gas, uh, get gas, or you need to change your battery, right? Pain is simply an an alarm system that tells your body something is out of balance, 
something is off, pay attention to this so you can fix it, right? So pain is not your enemy. Now, the other thing is you can ask yourself, what is this pain trying to teach me? What is this pain teaching me? What is this pain telling me that I haven't been listening to? And when it comes to trigger, this is a, the major takeaway that it took me a while to learn. Triggers is not about the other person. Triggers are just simply telling you there's more healing to be done within yourself. Because like you said, if somebody tells me, Adri, you're pretty if you have blue eyes and green and, and, and yellow hair or green hair or purple hair. And if I don't feel it, it won't trigger me. It's like, okay, well, thank you. So that's your opinion and move on. But if within me, I think, I'm not good enough or I'm not pretty enough or whatever it is the way I look right now. Then when somebody tells me, hey, that shirt that you're wearing doesn't make you look good or then I get triggered. And the trigger is simply telling me, it's not about that person. That person can have their opinions. Opinions, everybody, everybody has one. They're like belly buttons, right? Everybody has a belly button. Everybody has an opinion. Now, if it <laughs> triggers me, it's about like, okay, what is it within me? probably I'm not thinking I'm good enough or probably I'm judging myself or whatever it is. So again, it's not about the other person. It's about, it's the trigger is simply telling me there's more healing to be done within yourself. What, of course. What's so interesting about everything you just said is, um, well, I, I have taken so many things personally in my life. I have been like the poster child of taking it personally up until now. <laughs> so <laughs> I have really had to learn how to not take it personally and in a sense, like some of it is personal. Like if I'm feeling the trigger, then that is personal. I take that personally, that's mine. But then somebody else's opinion, like you said, or somebody else's life experience, or, you know, um, somebody cuts you off in the freeway and they get all angry and they flip you the bird. It's like, well, I don't take, I don't even know you. So how could I take that personally? although you just threatened my life, but you know, this person is just having whatever day they're having, they're having whatever set of circumstances, they're going through whatever stress they're under. It's easier to see it with strangers. It's harder to see it with family or people close to us because we kind of expect them to show up for us in a nice way. Right. right. But even that is a, is an area for growth. I mean, that's an area where if you're triggered in a relationship, in a close relationship, it's a, it's an area and your body will tell you, right, that you need to work on something because almost immediately after you'll either feel tired, drained, or you'll have some back problem or something will hurt in your body, right? Right. And not just that, it's also an opportunity to set boundaries, you know, especially when it comes to relationships. It is sad that the people that we're closest to the most, oftentimes when they're having a bad day, et cetera, they take it up upon us, you know, like they dump their stuff on us. So it's recognizing, okay, setting boundaries or having the conversation. Somebody's angry and yelling and screaming, you trying to reason with that person or yelling and screaming is not gonna go anywhere. So I know like my dynamics and I know now I, I you mentioned before that you were the poster child for, for that stuff. Well, I was a poster child for people um, of the one way relationships. I'm not talking about romantic relationships. I'm talking about friendships that were the take, take, takes and wouldn't give, right? So one day I recognize a part and say, okay, I fire myself from relationships that are no longer, they're only one way. They only take and never give. I am deserving of, of relationships that are there for me when I'm celebrating and when I'm down super low. So I want to have sisterhood. I want to have real friends. And once I started making that commitment and I took responsibility for what I was asking, 
I saw people in my life that I loved and adored disappear. And I was so hurt. But then I say, hey, you asked for this. And they, it's okay to let them go so new people can come into your life. So when it comes to, like you mentioned, uh, relationships that are close to you and, and whatever, and you expect them to show up, if they're not showing up for you, then ask yourself, what type of message I'm sending? What are the type of, of boundaries I'm setting that this happens not once, but twice or three times? Because sometimes it may happen once and that's your opportunity to speak up and teach the person again. We treat others how to treat us. We teach others how to treat us, right? So you have to teach people around you how you want to be treated. So if somebody, if you feel like you're being taken advantage of, no once, multiple times, can you blame the other person? Yeah, you can, but then we find we find we we fall in this pattern of blaming others, and and because of you, I did and what I did instead of being like taking responsibility. What am I bringing to the table that's bringing this type of relationships or energy into my life? We cannot take responsibility for what other people say and do. We can only take responsibility for what we say and do and how we show up in the world. So once you become aware of how you're showing up. What are you saying or not saying? How you're setting boundaries or not setting boundaries? How you're taking care of yourself or not? Then you begin to see everything else, how is everything else correlates or is affected or influenced by your internal uh, dialogue, your inter internal landscape, your internal well being, et cetera, right? So it's very important, again, coming back to the main point when we are in any type of pain, when we feel we're not good enough, when we feel judged, or when we begin to judge others, because this is a big one too. I just got sidetracked, but I'm very intuitive. So sometimes I feel like I need to say a message. Uh, the other day, I'm not gonna get into details, but the other day somebody talked about people having money and how we were spending or not spending our money, how people that have money spend or don't spend money or whatever. So they were very judging about other people's way of using their financial resources. And then uh, as a human being, we get triggered. So it is normal for us to have that first emotional reaction like, whoa, get defensive, get upset, get hurt, get, feel attacked. But then we have to be like, okay, is, what is this trying to teach me? What is this type of pain trying to teach me? Or what this person is trying to teach me? What is the lesson here? And so instead of reacting, you respond. And that moment I recognize that what that person was saying had nothing to do with me or whoever she was judging. It had everything to do with that person's relationship with money. And we cannot invite more money or abundance in our life while we're judging others for how they use or don't use their financial resources. So let me repeat again, if you want a better relationship with your money on abundance and prosperity in all shapes and forms, you cannot judge others by how they have or use their financial resources. We cannot criticize and hate others and expect positive things in, ret in return. I cannot criticize somebody's use of, use of financial resources and expect for abundance to come into my life, right? So, and that can be applied in all other ways. I cannot expect others to love me if I'm constantly criticizing myself every time I see myself in the mirror. I cannot expect others to support me if I'm constantly criticizing others on how they do their business or support others or don't support their community. So again, that's when it comes back to 
taking responsibility as to how you show up for yourself, how you show up for others in the world, the type of energy you're putting out there and taking responsibility for how you're feeding your mind, how you're feeding your heart, how you're feeding your spirit and how you're taking care of your body. One of the things I always recommend to people when it comes to managing pain, managing stress, working on the limiting beliefs is number one, journal writing down everything in your journal. Nobody's gonna read it, but that's gonna give you opportunity to download and get out of your system, whatever it is that you need to get out of your system. You can always revise what you've been writing so you notice patterns and things that you need to change. Number two, take time to practice self-care. And I'm not saying about going get massages. I'm not saying about getting your nails done or getting, you know, go to a spa. Those are great things. But self-care is also setting boundaries. It's doing the work that you don't want to be doing. Finding people that hold you accountable. Find people that will raise you up or call you out on your BS when you're having a self-pity party more than one day or two in a row, right? And the third thing is move your body. I always talk about movement as medicine. Our bodies are meant to move. And, and let me rewind this for a moment. Our thoughts are energies. Our thoughts become beliefs. Beliefs become our realities. Beliefs will begin to affect your biology. Emotions are molecules that carry information that enters your cell. So yourself, so that's being proven how your thoughts become beliefs, your belief will affect the functioning of your cells and how emotions that have been, have been buried, that have been, um, that haven't been processed, that have been repressed and suppressed will take a hole in your fashion tissue and muscles. So that's why once again, movement as medicine is very important because when you're moving your body, you begin to almost like massage those muscles, massage those tissues to let go of stuff that you've been carrying. And sometimes you don't even know that you're carrying. That's why when you are under stress, your muscles get tight, your breath gets shallow, your muscles contract, you feel tense, achiness begin to show up in your body. So moving your body is key. So I'm always partial to yoga and Pilates and other mindful practices because they not only help you move your body and build strength and flexibility, but they also help you go within. It helps you to really begin to understand yourself in addition to deepening your relationship with the divine. So it's like a really powerful tool for overall health. And that's what I've been preaching all about. It's all about mind, body, physical and spiritual health. All those four pillars is what I do in the light and alchemy method. Because if you work on one and neglect the other three, you may get some results, but quickly fall back to your default patterns. But when you work on all four simultaneously, that's when long lasting transformations begin to happen. Yeah, I, I definitely learned this. I started learning this a bit about the body when I was working in uh, yoga, when I first started my path. And we did like the hip openers oh, yeah. and then all of a sudden, like all this like emotions coming up and it's like, wow, like I didn't know all that stuff was trapped in your hips. And then my, I also had sciatica pain on my right hand side and I, above my hip. And I realized that was a patriarchal issue. Like that was a daddy issue basically. And I needed to work on that because I had a lot of anger towards men. Gosh, I don't know why, but in my life, definitely I've had reasons to have anger there. So it's like, you know, the body is so important. And I've learned that consciousness actually itself is not just what you're, it's not just like 
here, like it's everywhere. Well, it's everywhere, but it's also like in your whole auric field and in your body, in the tissues and everything is your consciousness. So like when I worked with, started working with plant medicine, I learned so much about that because there would be times when I'd be in a journey um, on the medicine and I would be uh, realizing something about myself and making a new decision about it and and knowing and welcoming healing, like welcoming healing into that past experience or that trauma and bringing the medicine into that. And then I would feel like, and even visualize like the darkness of that, like the energy would be very dark and twisted and whatever else. And then I would purge it. I would actually need to like, like throw it up. Like it's a, it's like consciousness needed to ex exit my body in the form of this physical matter and be purged and be gone. That was how it was going to be released. So it's, and it's interesting, like they've, they've done studies to prove about tears, you know, that tears and grieving actually releases trauma as well. So like fluids out of your body and even breath, you know, even using your breath mm -hmm. and sweating. That's why it's so good to exercise where you sweat. Cause that also releases trauma out of your body. Well, see the body remembers everything and keeps track of everything you ever experienced, thought, how it keeps track of how you eat, uh, the quality of the sleep that you're getting, the quality of thoughts that you're experiencing, how you're managing stress, how you deal with emotions, how you take care of yourself physically, mentally, emotionally. And the scene is people think that we only feel here in the heart. We think heart is feelings, right? But we actually experience emotion through the entire body. We have the, the logical brain, the one that is conscious, the one that you're using right now to listen to me and understand me. Then we have the brain of the heart, which is the connection of the soul and spirit. And it's like that intuitive uh, aspect of yourself, like how you connect with others around you. And then we have the gut, that's the third brain, that gut feeling, your digestive system, what people don't recognize or realize that I believe it was like 80 some percent of serotonin, which is a feel good hormone, is starts in your gut. So right there, just to show you how we are conscious beings, spiritual beings having a human experience. So consciousness is all around us. Consciousness is all in our body, mind and spirit. We feel emotions in our entire body, how we process information and digest information via emotions, via thoughts, via actions, etc. So when we're talking about elevating our consciousness, when we're talking about purging and releasing stuff that we haven't um, or that we've been carrying and bearing within ourselves, obviously unconsciously, because if I ask you, hey, Carrie, you've been dealing with this, I don't know, uh, let's say you mentioned having uh, patriarchal issues right it's like hey do you want to carry that for 15 years you will say no right do you want to release it right now yes of course yet unconsciously somehow we still carry that for 15 years until we have the awareness and the tools and make the decision to finally get rid of this i cannot tell you how many people i have met that want change but they don't commit to that change they, because it's so easy to fall back to their old stories. They're so married to their old stories. They're married to, because this happens, I have these or I don't have these, that when they have to face some of their fears, when they have to do the personal work, 
they, they just back out of it. So I asked them, do you want to get rid of this? They say, yes. But when it came time to face them, some of them will say no. And some people were like, yes, I'm ready. And then the transformation truly happens, right? So that's why I always say, starts with you. Everything starts and ends with you. You have to make the decision. Even not making a decision is making a decision. You have to make the decision and then take inspired action because you can decide all you want, but if you don't show up and do some of the work, nothing will change. So I truly believe once again, that when movement is used as medicine, when you find, to, when you find ways to, to look for wholeness within, when you begin to search for personal development work, when you really begin to seek wholeness and wellness in your life, it has to come in all forms, physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual. Once you decide to make that decision, it may not be always easier, but I promise you that the right people will show up, the right situations will come up. You just have to take the leap of faith. And in addition to that, personally, myself and people I have worked with, we have been tested. When I say, I'm going to, let me give you an example, meditate. I'm gonna start practicing meditation because again, uh, it helps with sense of self, increases memory and focus. It begins to hardwire and retrain your brain. So it concentrates more on the positive scene instead of the negative. Neuroscience has proven that neuroplasticity is a real thing, meaning that you can re-educate and actually do, people used to believe that you are born with X amount of cells in your brain. And once you age and loosen, that was it. That's not the case. The brain is always growing and evolving if you know how to use it, right? So when I started like, I'm gonna meditate, the phone will ring, the emails will come in, the doorbell will ring, and my son will come into the room. Just to test me, it's like, how committed are you to this practice? But when I said, no, I'm going to commit, the phone stopped ringing, the text will stop coming in, my son didn't disturb me anymore because it was almost like the universe, God, the divine, whatever name you wanna give, it's like, okay, let's see how serious you are about creating this change in your life. So know that that's gonna happen to you guys. And since we're in the topic of meditation, Meditation doesn't mean that you have to be meditating for an hour or that you have to stop your mind from thinking. That's the opposite. The idea of meditation is to be able to sit down for maybe five minutes and to be fully present, to concentrate on your breath. If thoughts coming into your mind, just watch them, don't get involved with them, don't judge them, just let them go by. If you find yourself distracted, simply bring them back to your breath. Meditation can be practicing yoga. It could be swimming. It could be painting. It could be running or walking. So find ways to cultivate mindfulness via the form of meditation and then move your body in a way that's holistic and that will help you heal from the inside out. Oh, such beautiful wisdom and encouragement and inspiration and positive vibes. Thank you so much, Adri, for sharing everything. Uh, with us today. It's been really um, powerful. And I hope everyone out there has also really enjoyed this interview. Is there um, a way that people get started with you that you'd like to share? Yes. So I have a, a great thing going up for you guys. So I have an online studio with hundreds of yoga, Pilates, and meditation classes. You can try for $1 for seven days, or you can download my free app. It's called Sacred Movement Studio available in Apple and Google Play. And right there, you're gonna find some free content, like free mini workouts, free meditations, 
free class of the month. If you are a member of a student, you can log in from any device. But the idea behind this is because my style is different. I teach physical and energetic alignment. I'm an NLP coach. So there's NLP and positive uh, psychology in classes as well. And as an energy alchemist, I also do energy work. So the idea behind it is that you have a, it's like having a private yoga and Pilates teacher, a coach and an energy healer all within your fingertips or at your fingertips. So you can get the most amount of transformations just by practicing yoga three times a week, three times a week, 20 minutes a day or less. Our classes from five minutes to an hour and anything in between easy classes, hard classes, classes for after a day of gardening or a rainy day, yoga in your, pyjama, in your pajamas. So it's everything for everybody. And you get bonuses like mini detox. So I give you three days worth of recipes and things that you can do to help you detox your mind and body and spirit just by breathing and moving. You get an abundance mindset. You get so many other, that 21 day calendar. So there's truly a powerful tool and resource for anybody seeking transformation at the physical, mental, and emotional level that will transpire in all aspects of your life from relationships to finances to business and so much more. Beautiful. And at innerbeautyyoga.com. Yes. Innerbeautyyoga.com. Okay, great. So I'll put that in the show notes so everybody can click through to that and check that out. And now is the part of the show where I ask you to share this out uh, to others who might be interested in this interview and the topics we covered and or just to social media, um, wherever you feel like you want to share it. And give us a like, give us a subscribe, give us a, a, a you know, five-star review if you feel it was worth that. And uh, that's how we get the message out with these search engines, these messages that need to be digitized so the engine knows it's important. <laughs> so we're going to give people kisses on the way out. Do you want to join me, Adri, to give yeah. kisses? Okay, yeah. well, here they come, everybody. Here come your kisses. Love you all so much, and we'll see you next week on Soul Nectar Show. Bye for now. To dive in deeper to nourishing conversation, visit soulnectar.show. Soul Nectar Show. Awaken all Take a sip from the drip of nectar. From the source of who you are